You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Humility and obedience is the title of this devotion. You see, Jesus brought from heaven, as the scripture says in John chapter 1, verse 18, that he came forth from the bosom, the intimate presence of the Father to declare him, unveil him, reveal him, to make him known, to interpret him, for us to be able to perceive, recognize, and acknowledge the Father in him, as he says in John 14, verse 7, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And from heaven, Jesus brought that humility in which he is God. This is very important for you to hear. You see, the Bible says that in all Jesus is and does, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, he shows himself to be God. It says in 1 John 5, verse 20, that Jesus is God. He is eternal life. You see, and you'll see it, 1 John 5, 20. I know that the human mind cannot understand this because the human mind has been tainted by the nature of sin and the the nature of sin is separation from God. It is self-consciousness instead of God-consciousness. So we think separate, God there and me here. That's the nature of sin. But Christ demonstrates that he has no sin and never sins and has no guile or deceit, but that he is the truth, John 14, verse 16. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. He says in Matthew, in John 18, for this purpose to Pilate, I have come that I may bear witness of the truth. He offered himself to the Father, John 17, verse 19, so that he might sanctify us in the truth. And he says, your word is truth. Jesus is the truth of God. He is God. You see perfection of God in him, okay? And Jesus brought from heaven the humility in which he is God. That humility, that complete submission, surrender, oneness. He says in John 17, Father, the glory you have given me, the glory being one with you, I have given to them so that they may be perfectly made one with us, so that the world may know you sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. Father, the world doesn't know you, but these whom you've given me out of the world, they know you because I have revealed you to them and I will keep on revealing you to them, Father, so that the same mighty love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Do you see what I talked about yesterday? It is through Jesus we are reconciled to the Father, where the Father becomes all in all of us through the Son. And here, Jesus has brought from heaven that divine humility in which he is God and the divine obedience in which he is God. 
okay? You see no distinction. You see no separation between the Father and the Son. And that is the perfection of His holiness. His holiness is the perfection of His love and His righteousness. His holiness is the perfection of His love and His righteousness. And, and Jesus perfectly embodies what holiness is. Holiness is much more than just being set apart. It is being one of one, God of God. There is none holy, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, I think. There is none holy but the Lord. Be holy as I'm holy, he says. Isn't that just beyond measure to think that we're invited to embody his holiness? My goodness, friends. What riches of glory we are given through Jesus Christ that we may be holy and without blame before him in love, Ephesians 1 verse 3 or 4 says. So listen to this. This is Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Okay, and I'll read to you from the Amplified. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Who, who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, in that he became like man and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every knee must bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, you can keep on reading. It's very powerful, the next verses. But see, my dear friends, that humility and obedience is what Jesus brought from heaven and displayed. And it was in his humility and his obedience to the Father that he conquered the nature of sin and death and completely disarmed Satan, making a spectacle of him as he triumphed, a spectacle of him as he triumphed over him, giving to us that all-conquering, overcoming, wonderful, eternal life that He obtained for us or manifested in His human body. And now Him at the Father's right hand as the Son of Man representing you and me there gives that life unto us because as we are a mankind, He is a man representing us, giving unto us all He has with the Father. And what I would like you to see from Hebrews chapter 5, because you may say, okay, pastor, okay, amen, amen. I receive that humility. I receive that obedience through my relationship with Jesus. I receive his humility. 
I receive his obedience. Okay, I, I'm, 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 I'm getting this. How does that express itself in me? How does it express himself? Hebrews chapter 5, see how it expressed itself in Jesus. Verse 7 of Hebrews 5. In the days of his flesh, when he, Jesus, had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear, although he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Having been perfected by experience, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say, but it's hard to explain since you become dull in hearing. You see, Jesus expressed that heavenly obedience in which he is God, not only in the action of doing those things that were spoken of him, right? Doing, but in the nature in which he did it. Obedience isn't only in action. Obedience is in nature. If Virginia would say to me, darling, could you just run to the store and get these things? And I said to her, yeah, sure, honey. What, what is it what you would like me to get? Okay, I'll be back in a minute and I pop out with a sweet spirit and come back. I did what she said, but not just doing it, but the nature by which I did it represented her. Represented her. I mean, in, in other words, she felt she was going out to the store and coming back. Why? Because we were one. But if I would have said to her, sure, I'll do what you want, right? She would have Go, oh, okay, no, 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 don't worry about it. I'll go myself. You see, why? Because she feels the separation. Obedience isn't the godly kind of obedience if it doesn't represent the oneness. Jesus demonstrated the oneness with his Father in his humility and his obedience. And you and I are brought into that same spirit through our union with Jesus. And therefore, I would read to you here from Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You see, friends, the more God who's working this in you, is bringing you into oneness with Christ as you daily draw your nourishment for living as He lives from your union with Him, your roots grow deeper and deeper. See, the reason Jesus shows in the parable of the sower, Matthew, what is it, 8, the parable of the sower, He shows that the reason why we fade bearing the fruits of that joining with Him is because our roots are not deep enough. When we come into the pressures of this life and stop bearing the weakness of his inward life, it's because our roots are not deep enough. When we begin to embody the nature of this world, it shows that our roots into Christ are not deep enough. And so the Lord keeps drawing you 
to His Son. The Heavenly Father keeps drawing you to His Son as you daily draw your nourishment for living as He lives from your union with Him to cause your roots to grow deeper and deeper so that His humility and His obedience is formed in you and thereby displays the oneness He has with the Father. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, He says, the Father has entrusted all of Himself to me. Now, all of you that are heavy laden and burdened, come to me, all you who labor, verse 28, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That scripture, my yoke is easy, just boom, came into my heart. And, and I just started saying it out of my heart when Virginia would say something to me, I'd say, honey, I'm easy, I'm easy, no problem, no problem, I'm easy, whatever, I'm happy, I'm easy. <laughs> Instead of, I'm difficult, I make you feel I don't wanna do it. I have attitudes, moods and swings, so you never know what you're gonna get. So you're always kinda like, okay, let's, let, let's be ready because he might have a bad attitude. No, I don't want anybody to live that way around me. I want people to know. Oh, here comes, here comes, here comes Robert. He bears the spirit of Christ. Oh, folks, I'll pursue it. Are you perfect in the Pastor Robert? I'd love to say amen. But one thing I do, Philippians chapter three, leave the failings of the past and I press on to take hold of all that which Christ took a hold of me. I'm not gonna live in the shadows of my past failures. Sure, I've had to outlive some bad reputations at times. And the only way you can outlive a bad reputation is by being different. I tell you one time, you know, I, I really had a homecoming in the presence of the Lord and from, from James chapter four, verse eight to nine, I mourned and lamented my attitudes and I had cried to God and He had washed me and cleansed me in my daily, daily seeking in. And then all of a sudden I became aware at certain attitudes Virginia had with me and I looked to the Lord, I said, Lord, can you see how she's treating me? And the Lord spoke to me and He said, eat your own harvest. Wow, I immediately understood what I meant, what He meant. I had caused her to become like that because of the way I had been. So I understood what I was supposed to do and just gently, sweetly receive it and stay in the new way, stay in the new way and that harvest would disappear and by the new way, a new harvest would come. And so it has happened. And all those old things have passed away. I was able to outlive my reputation by being different. You cannot outlive your reputation if you don't change. So I wanna encourage you today, give your heart to the Savior and learn from Him. He says, learn from Him that I'm meek and gentle of heart. Learn from me that I'm easy and you'll find rest for your souls. Amen? Have a good day.